children, it is the last time, and ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. And now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. And this passage that we just read, this is one that's often used to explain or it's brought up any time someone leaves the church. They went out from us because they were not all of us. And that's not completely fair to do that every time someone leaves a church because in this case, when it's saying they went out from us because they were not all of us, these people were not even saved. These people were antichrist. These were people who denied that Jesus was the Christ. They denied the Son. I mean, that's, that's pretty serious right there. And so, um, it's not completely fair to just jump to that anytime somebody leaves an assembly and just declare them an antichrist. That's not right. Okay, we got to watch out for that. But let me tell you, sometimes that is the case. Sometimes people leave because, yeah, they weren't saved for sure. That is a reason... And the title of my sermon tonight, we were a little confused before. I put it in my notes that they were not all of us, but it actually is they went out from us because of the fact that I'm going to show you, uh, we're going to talk about why people often will go out from us. And it's not always a matter of saved versus lost. And, and while this passage is dealing with something very specific, and this was, this was a specific situation, a specific church. It doesn't mean everyone who leaves a good church or even changes their beliefs on something is not saved. There's a lot of reasons people leave churches, good reasons, bad reasons. And there's a whole host of reasons that people move on from other churches and just give up on what they once stood for. We are seeing that happen big time. We were talking about that some this afternoon amongst churches of like faith where people are just walking away from things that they always believed, always taught, uh, jumping ship, you know, defecting, whatever you want to call it. We see that kind of thing happening all the time. And whenever that happens, you know, people get confused. It's weird, okay? It's weird when you're a part of a church like ours, where we are. We are a hardcore IFB, once saved, always saved, soul-winning, separated church. And then when somebody just leaves a church, and then all of a sudden they're not soul-winning anymore, it's just like, that's weird. So why were they ever doing it? And, and it, it confuses people. I've seen it before too, where you know separation and dress standards was one of the big things that people did. And it's like, as soon as people leave a church, I mean, as soon as they leave the church, all of a sudden they're dressing like the world. I mean, you'd have, we, you've, I, I've been to church with people. They were so judgmental on every woman in the church that wore pants or something like that. And then these people leave the church and then immediately, immediately, they're doing those same things. And it causes those who remain to ask, wait, what happened? I thought they believed like we did. I thought they were the same as us on these things. And, you know, while any of us can understand getting mad at a church, you know, I mean, getting mad at people, that happens a lot. That's a pretty common thing for even brothers and sisters in Christ to get out of sorts with each other. Whenever people leave a church and then they just change everything, it's confusing. And you know what? It's discouraging too, isn't it? And it's, it's, a, it's a weird, it's a confusing thing. But folks, this is very common. 
And often when that kind of thing happens, people go to, they went out from us because they were not all of us. And again, that can be true. You can take the principle of that, that okay, maybe they were saved, but they were never really an independent fundamental Baptist. That, and that's possible too. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I want us to talk about several reasons because these reasons, while I'm not saying they're good reasons, this is just a reality that we better get used to. Because I'm telling you right now, I've been in church my entire life and I have seen this thing happen again and again and again and I've seen it happen with people I never expected to happen with. I mean, you want to talk about discouraging. I, if I wanted to, I could start name dropping and I'm not going to do it. You wouldn't even know most of these people. But people that, I mean, I cannot believe the stuff that they're teaching today, the stuff that's going on in their church, the things that they stand for. I mean, I, I'm, I'm uh, a couple years ago, I was discouraged seeing some of the uh, speakers for Idea Day were people that had preached in this church. And I'm just like, what in the world? You know, how do you go from, you know, the kind of Baptist you were to now you're hanging out with the trendies and the skinny jean crowd. I mean, what, what's going on? You used to stand against that stuff. You used to preach against that stuff. I mean, you, you really want to get discouraged? Just go on social media sometime and look up, you know, I mean, look up people that you haven't heard from in a long time. And it's just like, what happened? I mean, what happened to these people? It's really tragic what's going on. And when you see that, it's going to confuse you. And you're going to deal with this. Fellow church members, people you went to church with, People who, you're like, man, these people, they're like us. They believe like us, but they are no longer practicing what we, pra we are practicing. And it, and it can confuse you. It can discourage you. And you don't want it to do that. Don't let it do that to you. And I think the best way to help is to just show you Bible reasons. We're going to show you Bible reasons why this kind of thing happens. And it's, it's going to happen. It absolutely is going to happen. There's just no way around it. There's no preventing it. But being a part of a specific church, it causes people to just think you are in agreement with them on many things. You know, we're all going to be like, something's weird if all of a sudden we see, you know, you go over to somebody's house and they got a statue of Mary in their front yard. It's like, <laughs> they go to Liberty Baptist Church. They're, they're idolatrous. You know, that shouldn't be going on. You know, you, you're just going to assume that. Yeah, you know, unless it was a visitor or something. You know, if, if, it's a, if it's a member of this church, Somebody who's actively involved in this church. And you go over to their house and you see something like that. You're like, that's weird. Something is wrong. What's going on? Or, you know, even if it was somebody who they didn't have that. And obviously, if you know, we're not going to let you be too involved in this church if you still are practicing idolatry and worshiping Mary. But at the same time, too, you know, it would be weird if somebody who was a part of this church, later you were to go to their house after they leave the church and they have a statue of Mary. Like, how do you go from Baptist to Catholic? You know, there's a lot of things that Baptists typically slip into. Catholicism usually isn't one of those things. I'm not going to say it never happens. I'm sure there's somebody out there. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there, those people are out there. But when we see that, we do. we like, this person, they were, they were like me. They were a kindred spirit like me. How can they go from this to that? And then you start to think, could I do that? Am I sure I'm even saved? You know, and, and it's, it's confusing. You know, we, we see that happen all the time. We were talking about that, you know, in some of these churches and in like in, in IFB Bible colleges, you have college students getting saved all the time. And it's confusing for people. It's like, well, good night. This is the most godly person in the school. 
and they just got saved again? Well, good night. If they're not, they weren't even saved, I'm probably not even saved. And then what do they do? You know, they get emotional and they go get saved again. And it just causes confusion. It, it, it really, it confuses everybody. And you do, you always got to watch out basing your beliefs on what everybody else is doing. Yeah, obviously, that's not a good thing to go off of. But you know what? It is going to affect you. It is going to cause things to cross your mind. It's going to confuse you. And it is, it's discouraging and it's confusing when people walk away, not even just from a church. We understand people can leave a good church and go to another good church. You know, we, that, that's possible. But what's weird is when they leave a good church and then they don't go to another church. Or they go to a weird church with crazy beliefs. That's when it gets confusing. And we, that, when they're doing things that we can't even imagine doing. I mean, can you imagine going to a Catholic church? And participating in that. doing a, After all you've heard here, after all the preaching that's been taught here that you've been assured of, you can't imagine anyone going from this to doing a confession in a confessional booth to a priest. But you know, sometimes that kind of thing happens. It, it really does. And it's confusing. But we, it should never surprise us. It should never cause us to question our faith. Because it is. It's, it's, a, it's a peril that's going to happen, you could say. It's a peril that Paul faced in 2 Corinthians 11.25 when he's going through his list of all these terrible things he went through. He says, Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils by my own countrymen. In perils by the heathen. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. False brethren. Okay, now what is a false brethren? Well, that's somebody that you would have thought was a brethren. Turned out they weren't one of the brethren. Imagine how devastating it would be to find out you weren't a part of the family you thought you were a part of. You know, some people have gone through that kind of thing, found out they were adopted, their parents never told them. You know, and that would be a pretty tough thing to deal with. But, you know, spiritually too, it's tough when there was somebody you thought was a brother and then you find out, man, this is not a brother. Because, I, and again... We don't, we're not Calvinists. We don't believe in perseverance of the saints like Calvinists do. But I'm sorry, if somebody leaves this church and they join the Mormon church, I'm going to say, I don't think that person is my brother. I don't think that person's saved. There's a lot of things I can understand saved people getting caught up into. Mormonism is not one of those things. Jehovah's Witnesses. If I see you one of these days out with the Jehovah's Witnesses knocking doors, you know what I'm going to come back and tell everybody in this church? They went out from us because they were not of us. I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll say that about you if you leave this church and you join the JWs. Right? But, it, but if you go to Purple Light Church, I, I, probably, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't say that about you. But uh, I, I would in that situation. And it would be discouraging for everybody. It's like, man, I used to go out souling with that guy. I watched him give a clear gospel to people. I watched him lead people in the sinner's prayer. What's going on? And since no saved people, lost people can get somebody saved, how do I know I'm even getting anybody saved? What if I'm doing the same thing one of these days? And again, I got, you know, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to give disclaimers, but I've said it before, that's why you don't bring up kind of foolishness like that. Because it's always multiple things that get somebody to the point of salvation. It's never about one thing. But you might see that someday. Somebody that you watched lead somebody in a sinner's prayer. And again, that person might not have meant it either. We don't need to figure all these things out, but we always try to in our minds, don't we? 
Okay, we sit there and in our minds we analyze these things and people get confused. I'm just saying, don't get confused. It's going to happen. There's going to be false brethren. I guarantee you, while Judas, I don't believe was this great soul owner, I guarantee it, it looked like he was doing the work of the Lord sometimes. I guarantee it, he, he was putting on a show that was convincing people that he was a brother, but for sure he turned out. It was manifest that he was not a brother. Judas was never saved. 2 Timothy 4.14 says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou also aware? For he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lions. So Paul... He was forsaken by a lot, but he's like, you know what? The Lord stood with me. And, I'm, and I, I could preach a whole message on this, but folks, every one of you are responsible to have a walk with God like we talked about last week. You have to make sure you know the Lord, that you get to know Him better, that you stay close to Him. And if you do, you know what? You will survive the perils among false brethren. You will survive all the perils if you stay close to the Lord. But if you get too focused on people, some people are in church only because of the people. If you are only in this church because of the people, and the people are a great benefit. They are a great bonus. I would rather go to a church with a bunch of people I like than a bunch of people that I don't like. And let me tell you, if you go to a church with a bunch of people you don't like, you probably need to get your heart right and start liking them. But either way, first and foremost, it should be about God. First and foremost, it should be about the Lord and the doctrine. That's the most, the people are just a bonus. But for some people, it's all about the people. Well, if that's the case, when those people let you down and disappoint you, you're going to have a major crisis of faith. You're going to become very unproductive. You need to make sure you're doing these things for the right reasons. Matthew 24, 9, Then they sh- shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Is it, you want to talk about discouraging when you have people that you loved, that you were close to, when it goes from love to hate? That's really confusing. And that's what they had going on in 1 John 2, when you had people who were physically their brethren, fellow Jews, who had supposedly converted to Christianity, and now they're going back to Judaism, and then persecuting them. I mean, you, you want to talk about confusing? You want to talk about discouraging? Imagine... Okay, it's, it's one thing to just have people firing shots at you on social media or something like that or sending you a nasty text that you used to go to church with. But imagine people you used to go to church with trying to kill you. People that you thought, people that physically were your brother. People that you thought spiritually were your brothers. But then they're betraying you and trying to get you killed. You want to talk about confusing? That's what they were dealing with in the first century. That's, not, that's no fun. Not fun at all. So, I'm going to give several reasons why people not just leave a church, but also forsake the teachings of a church, the way of life that they seem to have believed in and stood for at one time. And the whole point of a study like this is to help you check up on yourself to make sure you're doing the right things for the right reason. You don't want to become that person. And so, well, I'm saying, you could still become that person. There's a lot you can still walk away from. You can't walk away from your salvation, but let me tell you, you can walk away from being a fruit-bearing Christian. 
for sure. And so Romans 14, 5 says, One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. And let me tell you, there are some people that we thought were of us, but they were never fully persuaded. They were never fully persuaded. You need to be fully persuaded. Hey, if you're here today and you're only partially persuaded, I wouldn't encourage you. I'm not encouraging you to leave. I would encourage you to stay. Please stay. But you know what? You need to work on becoming fully persuaded. And listen, I hope at this point, okay, I've been passing this church for almost 12 years, been preaching this stuff for even longer than that. Hopefully, I've convinced you by now that the things that I'm preaching, I'm fully persuaded of. Hopefully, there's several people in this church that have convinced you they are fully persuaded. But at the same time, I'm sure there's people who are only partially persuaded. And it was it would be wise for you, if you're only partially persuaded, not to just quit and give up and wait until you're fully persuaded, but hang around and try to fill it, figure out what's fully persuaded us. Go ahead and ask the questions. Go ahead and talk to other people. Hey, what Bible do you use? Hey, what made you start doing these things? What convinced you of certain doctrines? It's okay to do that kind of thing because you don't want to just be partially persuaded. You need to be fully persuaded. And nobody's going to be mad at you if you're not fully persuaded. Nobody's going to be mad at you if you have questions. Nobody's going to be mad at you if you have doubts about certain things. Allow us to strengthen you. Allow us to help you in these areas. Now, here's what you should never, ever, 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 ever do. If you're fully persuaded that we are wrong on something, don't hang around and try to change it. Don't hang around and pretend that you believe it. Listen, if you're fully persuaded we're wrong, get out of here because we ain't changing. That's <laughs> Not happening. And let me tell you, it's wicked. I, I've, I've talked to people like this. It is wicked. You'll have people, they'll call me up, you know, I've been going to this IFB church for a while. And they know what I believe about stuff because they, you know, they listen to my preaching. And, you know, they're not quite, you know, they don't believe like, you know, I do on the rapture and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm kind of hoping maybe I can change a pastor. Get out of that church. You, you have no right to just go into an established church that has been around for decades. And then you think because you learned some little nugget from a YouTube video, you have the right to just, you have this superior or high ground and you're just going to go in there and change things. You have no right to do that. I don't even care if you're right about your belief. You don't have the right to just go into an established church and try changing it. If you can't get on board with the program that they have there, don't go to that church. And people often will do that. They will go into church. I don't like what this preacher's preaching. I don't like what they believe. I, I disagree with it. But I'm going to hang around and see if I can't help them out. No, get out of there. Do them a favor. Get out of that church. Oh, and even if you agree with us, if you're that kind of person, don't come here either. Oh, no, it's okay. I agree with you guys. No, you are a knucklehead. You don't understand what you're doing. You don't have... Look, I, I do not think that I am like just this person that has arrived or anything like that. But people ought to be able to respect the fact I started this church. I have put my life into this church for 12 years. And, you know, and if, you, if somebody else comes along and they're brand new to this church and they have a different belief, they have a different philosophy, 
I mean, do we really think, you know, that I should just, well, you know what, man, I just never saw it that way. You know what, why don't we just let you run the church instead of me? I'm sorry, you know what, we're going to have a battle and I'm going to win. And I should win. Hey, you put nothing. This brand new person, they put nothing into this church. That's, that's not the way things are supposed to be, but a lot of people are trying to do that. And I'm telling you, I'm just, I, I'm losing all my diplomacy. And nobody's going to tell me if they come in here and do that. But when I talk to other people and they start telling me how they're trying to help this church, no more diplomacy. You are an idiot. You are a freak. And the only way I probably, you know, I'm going to encourage these people if the church they're going to is one I hate and I want to see them destroy it. <laughs> because that's all they're going to do. And I wouldn't even do, I wouldn't do that to my worst. I wouldn't send somebody like that to my worst enemy's church. I, I, I wouldn't do that. It's just not right. But anyway, enough ranting about all that stuff. But first, one of the reasons you could say many people go out from us is, again, because they weren't saved. That is going to happen. That is what was going on in 1 John 2. That is a real legitimate possibility. That does not mean it's that every time. Often what people do, they, they get up and they think because they just quoted a verse, it gives authority to about everything that's going to come out of their mouth right now. But no, the, the application needs to be similar. Somebody left the church because they got offended. Somebody, you know, there, there's a bunch of reasons people can leave a church. It's not always because they weren't saved, but we've got to understand that is going to happen a lot because there are many people out there today, this is a very common thing, who are just trying out Christianity. They're trying it out. Okay, that's not how Christianity works. You don't just try Jesus. No, you believe on Him. You put your faith and trust in Him. When a person calls on the Lord for salvation, it is because they believe the Gospel. You do not get saved by saying a prayer. It's like, well, okay, I'll try it out. I, I, I heard what you told me about Jesus dying for our sins. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, I'll try that. No. You don't try that. You either believe it or you don't believe it. If you don't believe it, you can say that prayer all you want. It will not save you. And we, we had a situation just today with a lady we were talking to that unfortunately, she just kind of, she basically says, you know, I believe everything. I accept everything. And it's just like, well, okay, but you know, here's the thing. Believing on Christ means you're going to have to exclude Mary. You're going to have to exclude uh, trusting in your works as well. You know, it, 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 believing on Christ means believing just on Him. There's a lot you have to get rid of. And I'm hoping maybe I can talk to her again because there's a lot, lot more she needs to understand. But um, many people are just, they're just trying it out. Somebody like that, if she was to start coming to this church without repenting of all these other things that she still has wrong, it's only going to be a matter of time where she's either going to finally repent of those things and get fully on board or she's going to be like, you know what? This just isn't for me. And if, again, if you're not saved, you're not going to be able to come to this church too long before you start getting really uncomfortable. And before things start, but a lot of people are just trying it out. They're trying, and, and so in part of trying it out, that's going to cause them to, you know, copy us and to do things like us. Maybe start dressing like us, talking like us, acting like us. They might even try going soloing with us. They might even copy our presentation that they heard us give. But folks, they're just trying it out. And you don't try out Christianity. That's not how it works. You don't try it out. Many people are 
drawn to certain aspects of, you could say, the IFB lifestyle. But the problem is, if you're not saved, you can only see the outward things. And there are, I mean, folks, what are some of the outward things that you notice about independent fundamental Baptists? Well, there's a way our women typically dress. How many saw the Babylon Bee, Babylon Bee just did a thing with Kirk Cameron where they were talking about like these, you know, it was, it was being funny, but they were talking about these ideas for Christian movies. And one of them was called Taken to Heaven where Liam Neeson's daughter is captured by some independent fundamental Baptist and he just leaves her there forcing her into a life of wearing denim skirts and things like that. And it's like, you know, I, that's how we're perceived to, you know, some of the outsiders. Kirk Cameron, that guy's not even saved, making fun of us independently. No, I thought it was funny. I laughed. I, you know, I, I laughed when I saw that. But that is, that's an outward thing people can see. But folks, does wearing a denim skirt get you into heaven? No, anyone can put on a jean skirt. Anyone can dress up like an independent fundamental Baptist. Anybody can put on a suit and a tie. Anybody, anybody can do those things. And so there's all these outward things they see us doing. They see us going out soul winning and recruiting these people and getting them in denim skirts and things like that. You know, So somebody can go along with us and do these things. But again, some of us are... And I've been telling people this for years from the trendy world. Listen, some of us do the IFB stuff because it's a conviction. Some of us, or some of them, are just jumping on the bandwagon. Some of them are just trying it out. But it is, it's conviction with some of us. And, and so, but these are, these are outward things that anyone can see. And so, the, so the, the thing is, when God transforms you on the inside, if you start following the Scriptures, you start walking in the Spirit, I do believe that that will cause a... It will show on the outward in some physical ways. I believe the women will dress like women, the men will dress like men, stuff like that. You know, if you're a long-haired hippie, I think you'll get a haircut, stuff like that. You know, I expect that to happen if you start walking in the Spirit. But anyone can see those outward things. And so if you can see... But those are just outward things. Those outward things don't change the inside. So somebody whose inside hasn't been changed, they could come in here and start mimicking all those outward things. But they're still not saved. And so it's only a matter of time where they might go, they might go right back to their hippie lifestyle. They might go back to doing all the things they were doing before. And so you can follow every rule that any IFB preacher comes up with and it will not make a long-term difference if you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it won't make a long-term difference. You can dress... Listen, you can outdo us and dress like the Amish. You don't have the Holy Spirit, it's not going to do a thing for you. You know, you can you can outdo us and do more, you know, when it comes to more soul winning, you can you can outdo the Jehovah's Witnesses. You don't have the Holy Spirit, it's not going to do anything for you. These are these are just outward things. So, another thing too about people who aren't saved, this is the case of people who aren't saved, is many of them are infiltrating Infiltrators is a real thing. Okay, now again, just because infiltrators is a real thing doesn't mean I get to use a Bible verse about infiltrators and declare everyone that leaves the church an infiltrator. Okay, again, it's, it's got to fit the situation. It, it has to fit the situation. But it, infiltrators are a real thing. Acts 15.22 says, 
Then pleased it the apostles and elders and the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. So notice there's the church in Jerusalem, they're sending these apostles to these Gentiles with a letter. Now, they're doing this because they're showing them some credentials to prove that they were actually sent by the church in Jerusalem. And it goes on in the letter, For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying ye must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. So you see, these Gentiles, they had people that were from Jerusalem claiming that they were sent from Jerusalem and they were telling them, you have to be circumcised and you have to keep the law to be saved. And so these people are confused. I mean, these people are from Jerusalem. They said they were sent out by the church. So what the, what the church in Jerusalem did, hey, we got to make sure these people know the truth. So they wrote letters. They did what they had to do to show their credentials. And they sent these apostles and said, hey, listen to these guys. These ones were actually sent out by us. These other guys that came from us, turns out they were false brethren and we never even sent them out. You know what they were? They were infiltrators. And those people come into churches. They pretend that they are something. They pretend that they are, are saved. But they come in bringing their damnable heresies. And we're not going to read through the rest of that, but he basically goes and he's like, here's your instructions. You know, we're telling you that you, you, don't, you don't need to get circumcised. Just abstain. We're asking you as believers to abstain from fornication, pollution of idols, and eating things strangled, stuff like that. And that was all for testimony's sake. That wasn't even for salvation. That was for testimony's sake. And so the churches tell them, don't do these things for testimony's sake. But when it comes to salvation, it's not about the law. And you know what? Don't even worry about getting circumcised. Don't even worry about that. And you know, when they heard that, they were happy. They were pleased when they heard that. But why were they even confused? Infiltrators. Infiltrators. That happens. They're real. They're, these, these, uh, these are the people too. A lot, these people come along who take good things too far to make the truth look bad. That's another thing that often happens. It says in 2 Peter 2, 1, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. We have been warned by Jesus. We have been warned by Paul. We have been warned by Peter. False prophets are going to come. Wolves in sheep's clothing. They're going to come. It's a real thing. This is why we can never get confused. When it is fully manifest, that some, and it will eventually, when it is fully manifest that somebody was in fact lost, that should never shake our faith. The Bible said that would happen. Why is it that people are always having these crises of faith when something happened the Bible said would happen? Part of the problem is we don't focus on it enough. Oh, I had tribulations come my way. I just don't understand why that would happen. Uh, Jesus said in the world you shall have tribulation. And I'm going to go to that scripture in a little bit. And he said, and I'm telling you this so when it happens you won't be offended. So it's amazing how many people, they have a crisis of faith and they quit believing because 
Exactly what, ha- what happens is exactly what God said was going to happen. That should, that should strengthen your faith. Hey, when we have trials, when we have battles, it should strengthen your faith. Because we were never promised a life without battles. So, just, uh, you know, watch, watch out for that stuff. So, the, the fakes, too. Oh, notice, too. Let's keep reading I, 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 uh, in verse 2. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. When the false prophets come in, a lot of people are going to follow them. Many shall follow their pernicious ways. Of whom the way of truth, by reason of whom, the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And let me tell you, these false prophets, they do. They often take things that are true and they twist them and they manipulate them and they make them look bad. We got a lot of people out there who they do. They make grace look bad in how they preach. There's a lot of things that we believe that there are people out there that make these things look bad. It says, And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. So while this kind of thing is going to happen, just understand, God is going to judge them. The, the false prophets are going to get it. And then Jude, 2 Peter, they go through all these examples that God gave proving He's going to deal with false prophets. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember that? God's going to deal with these false prophets. Without a doubt, so don't fall for them. So, there are people who take good things, you could say, and they do. They go too far. Because here's the thing about fakes. When you're fake, you can't be consistent. It's impossible. And that's why Jesus, He was constantly calling out the scribes and Pharisees. Scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. What's going on? While they would have one thing that seemed really good, they were always omitting something that was even better. They, it was impossible for them to have any kind of balance. You know why? Because they were fake. And what were they doing? They were always taking a good thing and they would go too far with it, like the Sabbath. Sabbath was a good day, but they turned the Sabbath into a burden. What would make them do that? They had no ability to regulate themselves because they were fake. And that kind of thing happens all the time. And usually the most hardcore people that are out there, they're usually the ones that flop out. You know why? They were that hardcore because they were fake. They were, they were going to an extreme. Why? Because of the fact that they were fake. They're, they're kind of like trannies. Okay? I know we're, we're in the age of trannies right now. But think about it. Men who pretend to be women... Isn't it interesting how they're always an exaggeration of a woman? And I don't want to get descriptive, but they're always an exaggeration, aren't they? I mean, more makeup than any normal woman wears. I mean, ladies, I would be careful wearing too much makeup these days. Because now, you know, you know, these days you wear too much makeup. Some might think you're a drag queen, you know. And, and there are, there's women out there that you can, I'm pretty sure are women, but you can't always tell sometimes because they wear so much makeup. It's like they kind of look like a drag queen. So watch out for that. That's a, something you've got to be careful with these days. But what are they doing? Why do they have to do these extreme things? Okay, listen, if, if it, why, don't these, why don't these trannies wear a lot of stuff that regular women wear? Just the regular pants. And you know, a lot of women are just dressed pretty masculine today. But no, they're always the most extreme, aren't they? I mean, you're more likely to see a tranny man in a skirt than a lot of women today. Why? Because they do. They do the most extreme thing in that area. Why? Because they're trying to convince everybody that they're a woman when they're not. 
And whenever you have somebody in Christianity that takes something exclusive about Christianity and they go to some crazy extreme with it, it's because they're trying to persuade. Because they're fake. Because they're not real. But they need you all to think that they are real. But let me tell you, normal women don't need to do things to prove they're a woman. Real men don't need to do things to prove they're a man. It's just, it's just obvious. And because we're the real thing and we don't have a need to persuade. And whenever you're a real Christian, whenever you're somebody who's actually walking in the Spirit, you don't have to go to extremes on things. You're just doing what you're doing because you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. You're not worried about persuading other people out there. You're worried about pleasing God. And so you don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be over the top. You don't have to be extreme. So, you know, watch out. The most, those extreme ones, okay, they're the spiritual trannies that are out there. They're just, they're trying to put one over on you. Watch out for that kind of thing. And, and some of these spiritual trannies are full-blown infiltrators trying to deceive, trying to make Christians look bad. I'm glad to see a lot of women getting offended by this Dylan freak that's out there because it's like he's making fun of women. And that's what it looks like. It's like, you know, the, the way he acts, he's always acting all giddy and weird and stuff. What's he doing? He's trying to act like a woman. But it's an exaggeration, isn't it? Hey, listen, most women don't act like that. It's an exaggeration of how a lot of women act, but it's not how they act. And so women are rightfully getting offended by him. And it should, he's, he's making fun. He's pretty much making fun. Of women, and whenever you see that guy in Christianity, that is is just going too far, almost like he's he's making us look bad. It's like they're making fun of us, and there are the people out there. The way they preach about standards, the way they preach about a lot of things, like, and, and sometimes too they do it with great passion and conviction. It's like I think they're making fun of us. Sometimes you can't tell, can you? They're so crazy. It's like, wait a minute, do they believe like us or not? I I can't tell with some of these people. And that, you know, and that's why too, a lot of people too, and a lot of these people are just, I think they're immature, ignorant, but you know, I, and I can't tell if some of these people are just immature or full blown spiritual trannies, but they get saved. And then two weeks later, they're calling everyone a reprobate. They're out there just slaying all the false prophets. I've been saved for two months now and I am ready to expose John MacArthur. Listen, I don't think you're ready to do that yet. And why are you so ready after you've been saved for two whole months and you're just ready to take out the false prophets and you haven't even figured out how to start acting like a Christian yet? You haven't even been baptized yet. You're not even a member of a church yet, but you're just ready to take out all the false prophets in internet land? I think you're trying to get an internet following. I think you're trying to convince a whole bunch of people online you're a Christian. Hey, how about you shut up for a while? You know, even the Apostle Paul, it was a long time. Where he was, he was just quietly serving the Lord, learning, being educated, learning the ways of God before he got really involved in the fight. I don't remember what the timeline is, but when we were going through the book of Acts, it was a pretty good period of time from the time Paul got saved before he's really in the battle. But what do we have today? People, as soon as they get saved, they're just exposing everybody. No, the only one you're exposing is yourself. I think you're trying to convince everyone that you're saved. And said, in, in my experience, people who get the real thing that lasts are usually slow to speak on a lot of the controversial issues. You know, sometimes, sometimes too, this is what I've seen. 
with people that have, that stick around, sometimes they even get offended a little at first by things that are preached. But you know what? They typically come around. You know why? Because they have the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling listen, and if you're saved, eventually you're going to know the truth. And I have, I've seen that a lot where people, listen, we understand how different we are. Are we not way different from the world? I mean, do we not admit that the kind of preaching you hear here is pretty rare? So shouldn't we expect that somebody who has been brainwashed by this world, who went through the public school system, who's never been taught the truth, never been to a real church, if they come in here and hear some of the things we say, shouldn't we expect them to get a little offended by it? You know, that's okay. You know, hopefully we can keep them around. Hopefully we can teach them. But I have, I've seen it before where people, the first time they heard these things, were like, whoa, wait a minute. But the ones who shut up, who listen, who will give you another chance, who will ask questions, there's, there's, listen, don't, don't we like it when we're giving the gospel to somebody and they start asking good questions? That always tells us, hey, they're listening. But when they just seem to agree with everything we're saying, we get a little worried sometimes because like, what, are you sure? I mean, you told me you were Catholic, but then you seem like you're, you know, you're, you're agreeing with this a little too easy. You know, I, you want to fight them a little bit, right? You know, you want, you want to fight them a little bit. You want to, you know, you want them to, you know, say, well, no, I'm pretty sure my priest can get me, I need my priest to get me to heaven. You want to have to, no, one mediator between God and man. But it's just like, they're disagreeing with everything. And so we do, we worry about those people sometimes. I like it better when they have a few questions. And I do. I get nervous about these people who just immediately agree with everything and just start running their mouths. And let me tell you, eventually, we're going to know the truth about everybody. And, and I wish I, I, I need to preach a whole sermon on this. I want, to, I want to briefly touch on this. But Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6 is a very confusing chapter for a lot of people. Uh, and I don't get mad at people for getting confused in this chapter. But... Um, I do want to cover three, or three verses here real quick. It says, For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them, by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Now, often people will take that phrase, things that accompany salvation, and then whatever they think should happen when you get saved, they'll talk about. I think we ought to focus on what the writer of Hebrews has been talking about. And I personally believe that this is mainly in reference to doctrine. Because the chapter starts out where he's saying, alright, now that we've established these first principles, let's go on to the next things. And you know what he's basically saying? Hey, if you're really saved, there are some things that you should accept when we teach them to you. Like the fact that Jesus, even though He was from the, private, private, or the tribe of Judah, could still be the, our high priest. I think we ought to stick to the things that Jesus or that the writer of Hebrews was bringing up. Okay? And I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. But here, here's the thing. In verse 7, when He's talking about the earth which drinketh in the rain cometh off upon it. You know what He's saying here? A lot of times we can't identify what the seeds are and stuff while they're there on the ground. We don't often know what is in the ground. But as the rain comes upon it 
And as time passes, eventually we will know exactly what was in that dirt. You know why? Because it's going to bear fruit. And some things are going to grow. We might not be able to recognize it, but you know what? We all know thorns and briars when we see it. And we all know good fruit when we see it. And so we don't always know if somebody totally got a hold of the truth, but if time passes and they're denying the deity of Christ, you know what they're doing? They're bearing thorns and briars. But if we believe somebody's saved, we're going to be persuaded better things of them and things that accompany salvation, and we will expect them to get strong on the teaching of the deity of Christ, on salvation, on repentance, on the things that the Bible actually teaches. That's what we will expect to see. And time will tell. Time will tell. They become a Catholic later, thorns and briars. But time is what always tells. So watch out, because a lot of people, it's going to be really quick. And man, I'm preaching long. I maybe should just do two messages on this, because I've been covering all the stuff for lost people. You know what? I am going to be kind tonight. And I'm going to make this a two-parter, because I don't know how I went so long, because I've got several things uh, for why people go out from us that are saved. And that is, is going to be a common thing. Not everyone that goes out from us is because, and, and even who leave our way of life, and you know, who quit soul winning, who quit going to church, not even all of them, it's because they are not saved. There is a lot of reasons saved people quit. There is a lot of reasons saved people change in the wrong ways. And so we're going to save that for next week because I just went really long-winded tonight. But part of it is, it's, it's, this is going to happen. Okay, We've seen it before and we will see it again. We have been promised this kind of thing will happen and we can't let it shake our faith. We can't let it shake our faith. If anything, it should shake our faith if it doesn't happen. Wait a minute. I thought the devil was going to sow tares among the wheat. I thought people, you know, I thought there was going to be tribulation. I thought there was going to be false brethren. I mean, everybody in the Bible dealt with it. Everybody in the Bible dealt with it. So why would why would we never deal with this kind of thing? Yeah, we're definitely going to deal with this kind of thing. But it is. It, it, it's a normal thing. And so the people we talked about this week, these are the bad ones. But it's not everybody. And don't ever treat everyone who goes out from us. Like there's just these unsaved, infiltrating, false prophet, reprobate, probably a sodomite, whatever. Don't, don't ever act that way with people. Because there's, let me tell you, there's a lot of reasons saved people fall out. And let me tell you, the response should not be one of cruelty and hostility and all that kind of stuff. It, 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 so we'll see a very different side of that, but we will continue that next week. So with that, let's close the word of prayer. Dear Lord. I thank you so much for your word and all the things that you told us were coming, Lord. It would be real easy to get discouraged uh, over a lot of things that happen and things we have to see in this world. But, Lord, I, I thank you that you told us ahead of time it was coming. And so I pray you'll help us to remember these truths, even though they're not our favorite truths to look at and they're not really pleasant things to see. I pray that you'll uh, help us to be disciplined enough to pay attention to these things so when they happen, we won't be offended. In your name we pray. Amen.